Listen here. Stamp it, Mark, time stamp it. Giants are winning the di- third division this year. <laughs> you, you think they win the division? With that, that's what I was going to ask you was the Giants haven't been back to the playoffs and back-to-back seasons since the Super Bowl wild card they had in 2007 and then the year they had the number one uh, team the following year. So you really think they win the division? They win the division. All about the Balls Podcast! With Mark Davis, Chris Kameinhart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. Hello and welcome to this NFC East preview of All About the Balls Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Davis, live from the Sack House. And excited as always because it is Father's Day weekend and the U.S. Open is officially underway as we are two rounds in the books. And boys, oh boys, we got Ricky Fowler, one of the legendary non-major winners ever, to finally be leading this and hopefully back as he can finally get his first major win. I'm your host, Mark Davis. That is Chris Kameinhart. That is Nick the Doc Skirkwins. And that is Luke Rule. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mark. College World Series batted off today. We had two great back-to-back games with TCU and Oral Roberts. They had a what a three-run home run in the eighth to beat ninth. TCU. No, they got in the eighth, right? Top of the ninth, yeah. dude. It was fucking epic. That's why I texted you. I said Elish or TCU with laughing faces because they they did blow it. Yeah, I did see that. And then Florida comeback win in the fucking ninth as well against Virginia. Two great games. Yeah, we hate to see that. We want to see Virginia win. We don't like the Gators in this sack house. Luke, looks like you are dis or you're appearing in the show, man. That new office is definitely fucking looking better than that kitchen. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. You know, I had to hit the slide in for this one with the new desk here. Yeah, he All doesn't right, slide uh, into DMs in this show. He slides into the sack house, boys and gals. Properly engaged man yeah, right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, no more sliding in DMs. <laughs> Past life. Mm. <laughs> and Doc, how are you doing heading into Father's Day weekend? Oh, real good, real good. Going to take the kiddo out this weekend. Her birthday's coming up, so uh, really going to be celebrating more of her. I'm getting ready to head back home to Chicago for a wedding, um, so I will be out for a little bit. But uh, other than that, no complaints here. Heck yeah, dude. Enjoy it. Enjoy the new lovely wedding or the new lovely birds that are going to be tying the knot. We've all been married or about to be married in uh, this sack house, so Luke, hopefully you get tied the knot soon. But like that being been said, married. yeah, or been married, but been uh, married, I like it. So with that being said, uh, I had a great week. I had a great day today. I spent Father's Day a little early. Um, I won't have my daughter on the actual day, so we did a little father daughter time. Um, took her to the trampoline park, took her to lunch, and uh, had just had a great day with her. So definitely having a good good week. June's been fucking killing it for me. But with that being said, mm. we have a pretty packed show. We're going to talk about the NFC East as we start our eight episode series with the NFC East. We're also going to hopefully dive into some headlines, at, well, post lines, I guess, because we're going to end the show with that. we got some big ones. The SEC announced their 2024 schedule. John Morant, you know, he got his suspension. We, we talked about that a little bit. MJ makes bank as he sells those Hornets. LeBron in the Nuggets, is that the new rivalry while he's in L.A.? And primetime, dude, he might be losing a foot. But with that being said, speaking of primetime, we're going to dive into his oh, former division, the NFC East. You know, last year we had – Three of the four teams, boys, make the playoffs with the Giants, America's team, the Cowboys, and the NFC champions, the Philadelphia Eagles. And it used to be the NFC least. 
Now it seems like they're becoming the NFC beast. They were a pretty good division last year. A lot of them, well, they had the best record overall when it came to all four teams throughout the uh, season. But that being said, we're going to start with the Washington Commanders out there in Landover, Maryland. And, Doc, I want to start with you. The former guy that played for your Chicago Bears, Ron Rivera, is he on the hot seat? Is it finally time for Ron Rivera to get this team back in the playoffs, or is he out of, the door? Is he out of there in Washington? Oh, I mean, definitely in the hot seat uh, for, for no reason. I mean, this is not a team that's ready to compete, I don't think, and you're going to put a, a great coach like Ron Rivera in the hot seat. You know, he showed that he could win with Carolina. Um, you know, as Carolina kind of went into destruction mode and just gave up all hope every single season, um, it's like Washington. I mean, Washington is getting better, but they're just not really trying to build a winning culture over there. It uh, doesn't seem like anyways. They're not making the moves. Uh, could just be that nobody wants to go and play uh, for that organization, and, and Snyder especially. Um, but as far as Rivera being in the hot seat, I mean, yeah, uh, that, that time might be coming. And speaking of Snyder, that was one of the talk points later was he actually sold the team, so that could be a distraction. You never know. I mean, Josh Harris' group, uh, his team and with Magic Johnson, all that they bought the commanders are about to finalize the sell very soon. And, Chris, you agree with Doc? you think Rivera should – should kind of, you know, maybe not be on the hot seat, maybe kind of actually let the team develop a little more. They did go eight. They went eight, eight, and one last year, so they're 500. Yeah, I mean, it's no secret here. I think he is on the hot seat. I mean, no team wants to see this coach keep giving us mediocre seasons. I mean, he had three seasons, went 22, 27, and one. I mean, I think he at least needs a winning record this year to maybe save him, save his ass for next year. But I think I think it's heating up. It's heating up for sure. He's coming to the south. Oh yeah. And Luke, <laughs> speaking of uh, Ron Rivera, I mean, obviously he's a defensive-minded coach. They were third in defense, the seventh in scoring defense last year. So the defense isn't the issue, even though Chase Young can't really get on the field. But the offense has just been dog shit. They were twentieth in uh, yards and twenty-fourth in scoring. They brought in Eric Benemy, you know, the Chiefs' longtime offensive coordinator, to fulfill that same role. You know, maybe he's using that as a kind of stepping ground or stepping stone to get to a head coach position because it seems like a lot of coaches don't trust him because Andy Reid ran that offense. But will Eric Benemy turn around this commander's team on the offensive side with the new Sam Howell era? Because that's who it seems like it's going to be. Sam Howell with Eric Benemy. You think that's a good fit? Uh, I mean, it, it's like nobody knows yet because – how much did uh, Andy Reid run that offense in Kansas City versus like Aaron? About to find so, out. Yeah, and I'm I'm not truly sold on Sam Howell either, but he's been banged up already. Like he sat out his first year, so I don't, I don't know if I'm sold on Sam Howell. I'd like to see him play well. I'd like to see the Commanders actually start to get it figured out. I like Ron Rivera. I think he's a good coach, but he's definitely be a high if you're losing games. Yeah, Wait, and Sam, I, Howell, Sam Howell's undefeated. He's one and zero right now. Yeah, I mean, he did beat the Cowboys in his last game. Um, Big facts. I, that's all yeah, that matters. That... He's one and zero, undefeated. But that's the question I wanted to ask you. I mean, all you guys, we watch college football. Sam Howell at one point was supposed to be a top ten draft pick, and then his senior year, his last year in North Carolina, that kind of his stock tanked a little bit. Are we underestimating the Sam Howell, you know, acquisition that they had last year where they drafted him? Do we think Sam Howell can be a potential decent starter in the league? Well, I, I think he can. He's got it right now. Doc, go ahead. Age before beauty. Uh, no, I think he can. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of tanked on that last season in North Carolina, but I think uh, you're, if, if you see it, you're going to see like a Josh Allen effect coming out of Wyoming. 
Um, I think he's got the skill set and and the ability to be there. It's just got to put it together. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about Sam Howell. I, I definitely was anticipating his last year with Mac Brown. You know, Mac Brown took over that team and his just seemed like he fell apart. In North Carolina It wasn't as good as his first couple of years there. But I don't know the Commanders. They find ways to win somehow. I mean, I guess the defense is the main reason, but. I'm just not sold on this offense, and my expectations for them is just I think they're going to be last place in the division once again. I mean, I don't know if they're going to match their win total from last year. I, I just don't – I mean, and with that, it's going to suck because Ron Barry, I think, is a good coach. I thought he did a great job, like you said, Doc, in Carolina. He even took them to the playoffs a couple of years ago. Um, believe that was the COVID year when Taylor Heineke was a starter, and he pushed Brady and them in the playoffs uh, the first year that Brady went there and won the Super Bowl. So – it went from downhill after that playoff run, and they've just been, you know, going downhill. Chase Young, that's another thing is, is he going to be here in the long-term future for them? He didn't get tagged. They didn't renew his um, his fifth-year contract. So I don't know what the commanders are doing. They have this new owner group, and you know what owners do when they get new new uh, owners. They like to bring clean in house. GMs. and Yeah, they clean house, and that means the head oh, coach hey. is going to get affected at one point. They, the, the commanders need a clean house, though. That that franchise has just been riddled with all kinds of issues, even with like the the front offices, with uh, Dan Snyder just sending out all those like an emails of his cheerleaders. So they they, they got to fix it. They got to fix it there. I think they're going to end up having to pick a new name too. They couldn't get their trademark commanders, so that, that place is just a, it's just a dumpster fire. Their stadium's falling apart. You saw last year where the stadiums are fucking flooding during the games. Yeah. So they need Super a whole restart. Yeah. What were you going to say, Chris? I mean, I don't think they need a clean house per, like, players. Definitely the front of the house, the owners. We got to get ourselves a new stadium. I mean, change your fucking colors. The commanders. Go back to the football team. I loved it. I do think, though, if Ron Bear's job is going to be saved, it's going to be because of Eric Benenemy. The defense, like I said, is not the problem. It's never been. They literally have first-rounders all around that defensive line. They drafted Deontay Banks out of Maryland, a corner that everyone was high on. They do have some good receivers out there. They got Terry McLaurin and Doxon from TCU. Scary um, Terry. Yeah, I just think mm. it's going to be solely on Eric Benenemy, but the problem is if he starts to you know, really do good with that offense, he's going to be gone too very quick because obviously he wants to get a – a head coaching job. That's what he's been trying to get. And this is just what it's going to be to do it. And if Ron Rivera is going to be around, though, I think that it's going to be because of Eric Benenemy. And with that being said, boys, the over-under for the commanders I was thinking about this year, like I said, they were 8-8-1 eight, eight and one last year, 7.5. Where do you think that they go? Are they under or are they over that? Under. Under. Yeah, yeah, under under. with their strength of schedule, definitely going under for the commanders. I think with the with the distraction from the ownership change, uh, you're starting with a fresh QB and Sam Howell, most likely. Um, If you don't, Jacoby Brissett still just ain't it. Um, I just I don't think that they have enough. Even with Benenemy, I don't think that they have enough offensive weapons to to really affect anything this year. Yeah, I mean, like Doc said, with the offensive weapons, I mean, you can see what KC does with their offense. I don't think Washington has the chess pieces like. KC has. I mean, you definitely don't have Patty Mahomes to be able to get out of the pocket and just bomb something. But I mean, I definitely have under, but I have one of their guaranteed wins is week 12 against some fucking shit team. Who's that the shit Atlanta team, Falcons. Chris? Oh, okay. I mean, I have a guaranteed win week one when they play the Kyler Murray list, uh, Arizona Cardinals, <laughs> but maybe not because Colt McCoy is playing his former team. Maybe old Colt McCoy can lead the Cardinals to win that game. But yeah, I have under as well. I don't think it's the weapons, Doc, honestly. I think it's the quarterback that's going to be the difference maker. I think that they have some decent weapons. I'm not a fan of their tight end. 
I mean, Logan Thomas is all right, but I'm just – I think they have good receivers. I just want to see what the quarterback's going to do with Eric Benenemy. Luke, you have a reason why seven and a half or under? Yeah, Sam Sam Howell hasn't been proven in the NFL. He's played what one game really? So I don't think it, it takes a little while to get used to playing the NFL football, the quarterback position, and I just don't think he's ready for it, especially at the start of the season. It's going to take him a, probably at least six weeks to get a feel for the game again after coming off an, another injury. So that's why I'm on the under. I haven't seen him play well at all. Well, fun fact, Patty Mahomes played one game his rookie year and then won the MVP the next season. Not saying Sam Howell's going to do it, but just saying it can be done. Yeah. Write it in the book, though. folks. Take the receipt. You Mark heard said. it from Mark. <laughs> Sam hey, 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 but if he wins MVP, MVP, if he wins MVP, I'm going to come back on the show and I'm definitely going to be like, hey, I did say, fun fact, uh, he's MVP. So, But no, yeah, I think it's just going to be a dumpster fire for the commanders. It's just starts at the top of that. Like you guys said, the ownership all the way down to the players and that being said, that is your last place commanders from last year. We're thinking last place again this year. But moving on to last year's third place team, the the wild card, New York football giants who finished 9-7-1. Interesting, interesting offseason for them. They traded for Darren Waller. They didn't make much additions at the wide receiver core, which seems like it would be a lackluster group. They did draft Jalen Hyatt, a stud wide receiver, who we think from University of Tennessee. Danny Dimes got paid, boys. Chris, I want to start with you. Does Danny Dimes prove why he got paid? Does he start to get better at the passing attack? We know he can run the ball, but does he prove why he got paid? You know what, Mark? I think the sack house is full of fucking haters, every one of you. I'm not hating on Danny Dimes. I think he's going to play phenomenal. He played great last year. Did he play good enough to get that contract that he got? I don't think so. Maybe we should have saw another year that he played like last year, but I think he balls out. I mean, he got the bag, but I mean, this is all going to depend on if Saquon signs his contract. I mean, that offense runs through Saquon. So, and like we'll discuss earlier, later on, the wide receiver room is kind of a mess right now. Luke, are we haters? I mean, the man does have as many playoff wins as MVP, former MVP, Lamar Jackson. Can Danny Dimes start to show he got paid for the reason that he's he's a playoff winner. You know, now he's got Brian Dayball, great offensive coach. You think we're hating for real? Yeah, no, I'm still on the hate train for Danny Dimes. I don't think he's that good. Uh, he's relies on – if Saquon Barkley's not in the lineup, he's not going to be playing well at all. The defenses are just going to rush after him. So, without Saquon scaring the defenses, I think nobody's really going to be scared of their wide receiver room. I mean, Jalen Hyde's a fucking dog, but other than that, it's about – it's all they have. I, yeah, I don't Dan know. Dan Waller can't stay healthy. I, I, I'm high on him if he is healthy for the season, but if he gets banged up in a couple weeks, then they, they got nothing there. The offense will be trash again. Yeah, I don't know if we're hating Chris. I mean, his numbers say what they Haters. are. I mean, f- 15 passing touchdowns, five ru- or interceptions. Okay, I get it. Three to one ratio. That's not bad, but he's not much of a passer. He's de- very dynamic in the run game. We had I have a group of buddies that call him literally Vanilla Vic. So, I mean, he can run the ball. We know that. Like you said, but it depends on Barkley. Is Barkley going to be a distraction? Is he going to play? Doc, does Barkley play this year? I think Barkley plays. I think Barkley's still going to have a, a prove-it-year kind of thing. Um, I think he's still going to try to go after to get that contract because the Giants are moving in the right direction, so trying to work that contract and, and stay with the Giants. Um, but going back to Daniel Jones, I mean, yeah, you nailed it on the head. Averaging 12 touchdowns over his last three seasons. I mean, the passing yards a huge step up last year, which was a nice touch, but uh, even 3,200 is nothing to to write home about. Um, and five interceptions is great. Um, 
but yeah, 15 touchdowns. I mean, you don't have you don't have the weapons again to to really be an explosive QB, but you can also just have that talent to make your wide receivers explosive, like Patty Mahomes does in in Kansas City. But um, no, I, I think that Daniel Jones is overrated. I think that that contract was extremely premature and overrated, uh, overpaid. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they do with him and how long they stick with him. And Chris, I don't know if we're hating because they were 18th in offense last year, but that was mainly due for having a top five rushing offense, which, yes, that is Danny Dimes and Saquon Barkley. I just We're talking about how we talk about Lamar. Can he deliver the ball in a passing moment? That's, how we, that's why we critique Lamar. We don't criticize him because we know he can run the ball. But it's the same situation. If, you're, if you hate Lamar, you should hate, you should hate Danny Dimes. It's the same situation. But Lamar's proved he's a better passer. And actually, I'm going to walk back. I'm going to walk yeah, back a little bit what I said about the, the, the yardage, too, because, uh, you know, congrats on, on uh, under 800 yards extra, but you played five more games. So, I mean, how impressive is that? That's less than 200 yards a game extra. So. Listen, listen here. Listen here. Stamp it. Mark, time stamp it. Giants are winning the di- third division this year. <laughs> you, you think they win the division? With that, that's what I was going to ask you was the Giants haven't been back to the playoffs and back-to-back seasons since – the Super Bowl wild card they had in 2007, and then the year they had the number one uh, team the following year. So you really think they win the division? They win the division. All right. Do you think, Luke, that the Giants can live up to that limelight? You know, now you have the Giant or the Jets out there in New York who's got all that tension. The Giants are right there too. You think this is going to be too much spotlight for the Giants where these players aren't really that good or going to fold? No, I don't, I don't think we're even paying attention to the Giants really this season. They're just going to have probably an average season, probably eight wins at most, I think. And they missed the playoffs. They'll be finished third in the division again. Doc, that's so, that was Luke's so over-under I had for nine, them was nine and a half. Luke has eight, and the reason why is they're not that good. You got over-under for the New York football Giants. Yeah, I'm kind of torn. I think uh... – I think I'm going under. I think that nine is a good spot for him. Uh, I think that uh, I think the more interesting over under to place is how many games Waller's going to play. Um, I'm going to put my over <laughs> under at three and a half, um, and I'm going to I'm going to say over. I'm going to give him, actually I'm going to go four and a half, and I'm going to give him under at four uh, as the games I'm going. But uh, I think the over under is kind of tough to discuss with the Giants because I got to go with like a Barkley with or without Barkley. Because um, I think with Barkley, I think there is potential for old Checkdown Jones to hit uh, to get ten wins this year. Before Chris goes, because I know you're going to lean Chris, I'm going to go under. I, I want to see how they're going to do in the pass protection. They had a horrible, horrible uh, pass protection of the O line, and the run defense was god awful. So, I mean, the trenches is where the football games are won. Literally, that's like the b- biggest key to have. You have to have your quarterback upright. I mean, I understand that he can he can escape, he can scramble, but. I mean, if he can't deliver the ball in the playoffs, that's where the money's made. And that run defense, that's bad. I mean, I know they stopped Minnesota, but, I mean, I just don't think they have it, Chris. I'm going to go under. No, I'm going over, and I'll tell you right now. You're going to split with Dallas. That's one. Arizona, Seattle. You have Washington. You have the Raiders. You have Are they at Seattle? Washington again. Are they at Seattle? Um. I'm pretty sure. I don't know what their color scheme that's, is on their schedule right now. But if they're but, at, at Seattle, Seattle, that's dude. a lot. Yeah, yeah, Seattle's not a bad I'm team. I'm counting out my Geno Smith, dog. No, I'm counting out Geno Smith. I think last year, we'll see what Geno does this year. I mean, it's a, one of those one-time, one-time wonders, you know? Not with the receiving core like that, and they improved it. 
So they're so they're at so they're home for Seattle and on prime time. They got they got they got a rookie. Yeah. So Chris, I'm gonna run this. Chris, I'm gonna run this down with you. So opening night, opening night, Sunday night at home against Cowboys. I think they win. Luke, write down how many wins he's got. Or Talia, you got a pin right next to you. Yeah, yeah, I got you. All right, so so write all these wins down. So so week one win at, at week two at Cardinals. They win. All right, week three at the week three at the Niners. They lose. Week four, home at the Seahawks. Win. Week five at Dolphins. Loss. At the Bills. Loss. Home against the Commanders. Win. It's a home game, but they're both the same stadium. The the New York Football Jets. I think it's a loss. At the Raiders. Win. At Cowboys. Loss. At Commanders. It's a sweep. Home against the Patriots. Win. Bye week. And then they play the Packers. Loss. At home. Lost in the bye week. Win. Jordan lost in the bye week. Chris has a win, Luke. At the Saints. Lose. At the Eagles. (laughs) Lose. Home against the Rams. Win. Home against the Eagles. Lose. How many is that, Luke? That's nine. That's winning the division. Nine nine wins to win the division. You think when nine wins wins the division with the Cowboys and Eagles, we haven't even talked about yet. I'm just saying. Mm, you better you hope you're wrong under then. <laughs> yeah, you're under then. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, you're, you're oh yeah, yeah. Roll it back. <laughs> they might beat the Saints because <laughs> you know the Giants. Yeah, you know the Giants play the good. Saints. The Giants play good in they New do. Orleans. They, they do. You, they you know that history good. there. So I don't know. I'm just what I'm saying. You said hot take. I mean, hot take doesn't mean you're always right. Maybe that's a bold prediction because bold really means. You don't necessarily believe it, but I mean, it fucking could happen. So I, I don't know, man. I don't think about the Eagles and the, the Cowboys are going to go under ten wins this year. So, so yeah, let's move on. I think mean, because Chris is a uh, he's a little a little confused. He's contemplating life. Like. Yeah, I, I don't know, Chris. No, no, right here. So Dallas, Arizona, Seattle, Washington, the Jets, the Raiders, Washington again, Patriots, Green Bay. Oh, you didn't have, right but now. you didn't have them beating the yeah. Jets the first time. You had them winning or losing. Oh, yeah, yeah, losing the Jets. All right, they're they're beating the Jets. Oh, so that's ten. That's ten then. Right. I don't think. I just don't think ten is going to. It's going to take about twelve wins when that division. Because the, the next reason why is because a team that went twelve and five <laughs> last year, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I know Doc's not so, sold on Dak Prescott. I know he likes to say he's injury, injury plagued, but I don't really think. Dak has a history of being – I mean, yes, he's got – he's had injuries. He had a torn ACL or, you know, broke his ankle. Freak accident. He missed one game the year after that on a, a strained calf. One game. And, yes, he missed five games last year. It's not the same injury. So, I don't think Dak ha- is considered injury prone. He's not considered broken. Like I said, the, the ACLs, in the, if it's a one-time thing, that's a freak accident. I'm not going to so – that's like saying Tom Brady was injury prone. And he did tear his ACL week one after his undefeated season. So, with that being said, though, are the Dallas Cowboys the same question every year? Are they finally poised for a deep playoff run, something they haven't had since 1996 when they last won the Super Bowl? They have four playoff wins since then. Luke, are the Dallas Cowboys finally poised with a big, deep, deep playoff run after adding Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore? Uh, I, I think they make the playoffs. I think they win a game, but I don't think they're going to make it a deep playoff run. I think Dak's going to throw the game again in the playoffs. 
Uh, Dak's good enough to get him there, uh, even if he does get hurt again. Cooper Rush, he balled out last season when he played, but he won, what, he was 4-1 and one when Cooper Rush played. He blew out the Bengals. So his first game was against the Bengals, blew him out. He blew him out? Oh, he beat him, but <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't right. matter. But uh, I like I like some of the additions they made with uh, Brandon Cooks, uh, Deuce Vaughn, the rookie running back. Uh, I like that uh, Pollard's going to be taking the first, like the main running back role. I liked him last year. He balled out. He earned that job. Yeah, I think Deuce Vaughn on the third down, catching the ball out of the backfield. So I think the offense will be solid. They have a stacked defense, so they'll they'll make the playoffs. But I don't think they make it deep. Or Doc, does Dak? Can Dak do it? Can he finally get something that Dallas hasn't done in thirty almost thirty years? A deep playoff run, get to the NFC Championship at least. Uh, I think he's got potential. I mean, the offense is solid. The defense is stacked, like you said. Um, that offensive line is. is top tier in the league every single year. I mean, it gives Dak Prescott all the time that he needs to make the throw. Uh, that is so crucial in today's pass first NFL NFL game. Um, I like Tony Pollard. I'm real glad that they, that they finally dumped after the whole Ezekiel Elliott uh, nonsense with, with the holdout and the contract and everything else. And Jerry Jones gave in and I think he kind of realized uh, why everybody else was against that. Uh, so it'd be nice to see Tony step up and, and have that surefire, no shit, you are the guy. Um, I like the the weapons in receiving. Brandon Cooks, I don't think is a you know he's not a top tier receiver like he could have been you know earlier in his career. You know the potential is not as high, but I definitely think it is an improvement for that receiving core, no doubt. Um, and again, that offensive line and then that and then that defense. I mean, yeah, they they absolutely have the potential um, to go to the NFC cha- or the uh, yeah NFC Championship. Um, and I think that uh, might they might even give the Eagles a hard time for the for for the division this year. Yeah, Chris, I, I kind of like what Doc was saying there. I, I know he didn't spit that old he's injury history hate that he loves to do. So I, I, I agree with Doc. I mean, I do, I do think the Cowboys have that potential. They have all the talent in the world. Like Luke and Doc said, that Micah Parsons, one of the top defenders in the league, one of the best pass rushers in the league. Added Stephon Gilmore, a little older in age, but I think he's still good enough to be on the opposite side of uh, Diggs out there. I mean, the defense last year was fifth in scoring. The offense was fourth in scoring. Chris, can America's team – do something they haven't done in almost 30 years, get back to the NFC Championship, something that the NFL would love that would be big for ratings, big for money. I mean, if it's all if it's all in the script, I mean, if Roger Goodell writes the script tonight and wants Dallas to go, then, I mean, they're going to go. But if I was writing the script and I had an opinion, I don't think Dallas is making it far in the playoffs. I mean, like you said, they added Stephon Gilmore. I mean, he's 32 years old. How much more can he do last year? Two interceptions. I mean, he's not in his prime anymore. But, I mean, they do have Diggs. They do have Parsons. So, I mean, that's huge on their defense. Brandon Cooks, again, old. 29 years old. I mean, on the Texans last year, 57 receptions. 29 is old? For NFL receiver right now? Devontae Adams is old, then. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it old. I mean, I'm I'm not disagreeing that he's not top-tier talent, but I don't know that I would call 29 old. I would say... 30 for a receiver, I, 32 to 34 is probably where you start to get old. I think he's I'm, one of the better wide receiver twos in the NFL. I tell you, as a wide receiver two, I definitely take him a lot of all the other wide receivers. Yeah, he's a great match with uh, CeeDee Lamb, right. yeah. I, th- I think it's tough for him, though, because he's been passed around the league fucking every couple of years. Uh, that's going to be a tough part with I, Cooks. If if he was a good wide receiver two, he wouldn't be passed around all this time. Well, he gets passed Absolutely. around because teams, want, because teams want him. They trade for him. I mean, 
The Ram the Rams uh, wanted him. The the Patriots. That is true. Him. He they did get traded. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that. Oh, he, he got was, leveled in that Patriots game. He was never the same after he's, that hit. His. I don't. I don't think he's what he used to be. Oh, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that, but I just don't think he's old. That's the only, I, I don't think 20. But, yeah, I don't think adding Cooks is just adding them to make a deep playoff run. So the argument of that they're adding Cooks or Gilmore is making them step up or that Cooks is adding to that offense, giving Dak more playoff weapons, I don't think it's a valid argument. I mean, I take him over Noah Brown, and then Michael Gallup's now a year healthier, and I think that's huge to having Michael Gallup now. I mean, like I said, that's a pretty good trio in my opinion. I'm said our opinions are going to differ. That's why we do this. Why we're debating now. I just think that Dallas has the talent. I, th- I think they have one of the better wide receiver groups in the NFL, especially when it comes to the top three wide receivers on a roster. I mean, not everyone's the Cincinnati Bengals, and everyone has Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and uh, T. Higgins out there. So, but I do definitely think nope. that Dallas has the. Stuff. Yeah, Dallas. Yeah, Doc must have been pissed <laughs> off. Chris, you pissed off the Cowboys fan. Told you he's a closet Cowboys fan. Um. Yeah, I just, I just ultimately think that um, the Cowboys have the talent. I really do. And if that's the case, if they don't make that deep playoff run, is Mike McCarthy gone? Luke, do you think Mike McCarthy might be gone after this? I, I think Mike McCarthy's been on the hot seat ever since, ever since he's been there. Jerry Jones does not accept failure. If you're not making the playoffs consistently and winning playoff games, Jerry Jones is going to replace you. And I think Jerry Jones was trying to do that I think Jerry Jones wanted him to fail last season to try to go after Sean Payton. Yeah, Chris, you kind of like that. I mean, you agree with that? You think that if he doesn't win some playoff games, at least one or two, you think he's done? I mean, Mike Mike McCarthy wins games. I mean, it's been 15 years since Dallas has won back-to-back seasons with double digits. He did that past two seasons, got over 12 wins. But, I mean, winning isn't everything. you got to get those playoff wins. I mean – and this year, he's going to be calling the offensive plays. I mean, Kellen Moore's out. Mike McCarthy said he's taking over play calling. So we'll see what that offense does. I believe if they don't make that deep playoff run, he's on the hot seat. Yeah. The only thing about Jerry Jones is he likes those yes men. And it seems like um, Mike McCarthy's a yes guy. It seems like he takes orders pretty well. You know, like they had him back in the day in the 90s, Jimmy Johnson. He wanted to run his team his way. Even though they won the Super Bowl, Jerry Jones said, yeah, you got to get the hell out of here, guy. And, you know, he replaced him. With Perry Switzer, which also won a Super Bowl too, but when you build that team the way it was, I mean, anybody can win a Super Bowl. But it's Jerry's team; he does what he yeah, wants. Yeah, he's the general manager. He he's literally said, "I would fire the general manager if I could, but I can't fire myself." So, <laughs> I mean, he runs a team. Stephen Jones or Stephen Jones, his son is you know he's going to replace him one day. But Doc, way to come back strong here. I like to hear your over under for the Dallas Cowboys at eleven and a half. Where do you got the Dallas Cowboys? Dallas Cowboys, um, I'm going to go – what did they finish last year, 12? 12, 12 and 5, 12, 12 and 5. 12 and 5. I'm going over 11 and a half, and it is going to be heavily dependent uh, right before my technical difficulties cut out, and I wanted to bring it up. Um, but it is going to be heavily dependent on Dak Prescott. His 238 yards a game last year is not going to cut it. I mean, they still did it with that. Um, but I think with that, you know, that strength of schedule and the improvement that the NFC as a whole is making, I mean, this isn't the uh, the under 500 winning the NFC East anymore. So uh, with the improvements going across the, the division, uh, the, uh, the division here, I think that he's going to have to step it up and, but I'm, I'm taking over the 11 and a half. Yeah. And I am too, doc. I'm going over, this is my bold prediction in June. So these things are going to change when we officially do our playoffs, uh, 
seeds later on leading up to the season. I have the Dallas Cowboys in June winning the division. I think Philly's talented as hell, but they have a tough, tough schedule. Teams don't – this is another fun fact. A team hasn't repeated the NFC East since 2003 and 2004 with the Philadelphia Eagles, so it's been a very, very long time, literally almost 20 years since a team has done it. So I have over – I think 12 is good enough to win this division this year. Luke, what you got there? Yeah, I think I'm going to take the over on the Cowboys as well, but just barely over. I think they get 13 wins. Uh, I, it all depends on how Dak Prescott plays. And if Tony, Tony Pollard is the dude that the Cowboys think he is, if he can play well and uh, Dallas does just enough to get hit, hit his receivers, I think they'll be just fine with a st- solid defense. Chris, over under 11 half for America's team. I've under. Yeah, that's right, because you forgot you have the Giants win the division at 10 wins. So, yeah, I guess the Eagles are going to be under as well there. So, speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles, the reigning NFC champions, team that lost 38-31 in the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs. That is where we end this NFC East division segment. They finished 14-3 and last year. The question always is, if a team wins the Super Bowl or loses the Super Bowl, will they have a hangover? Will they come out slow, sluggish? Will they fall apart? Chris, is that going to be the Philadelphia Eagles this year as they have a very, very tough schedule? Yeah, and like you said, they have a very tough schedule. They're number one in strength of schedule. I know you hate that term, but they they have a tough road ahead of them. I think they come off slow. I mean, they lost a lot of key defensive players in the secondary, and they lost both their OC and their DC, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, if you're not football literate. I did not. Yeah. yeah, I did not. Thanks for clearing that up. I didn't know what that meant. And yeah, Doc, does, that was a talking point I was going to bring up, Chris, is does that hurt? You know, you lost you lost Jonathan Gannon and you lost the offensive coordinator out there that went to the Colts. I forgot his name, but, um, yeah, does that hurt? Does that hurt Jalen Hurts? Does that hurt the defense who they were both top five in almost every category? Yeah, so, I mean, they brought in – they didn't bring in, but they promoted their quarterback coach, Brian Johnson, up to be the NFL. That's going to be his first – offensive coordinator job in the NFL. He played a little OC for the college ball, offensive coordinator doc. Um, So, I mean, that might not – I mean, it might slow him down a little bit. But then defense, they brought in Sean Desai. Doc, you should know him. I mean, he played a little bit of the the defense coordinator for Chicago back in the day. But, I mean, he's Mm -hmm. been in the league Mm -hmm. since 2013. So, I mean, I just – I think they get a slow start, and I don't think they're going to pick it up until the middle part. Yeah, Doc, uh, you know a little bit about that D.C. you think he's good enough to lead the Philadelphia Eagles uh, in that defense? I know they were top – they were number – they were second in yards and then eighth in scoring. So, do you think he's good enough to keep up with that Jonathan Gannon built defense that they had going on? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I mean, the Eagles still have a ton of weapons and adding Nolan Smith and – I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it, even adding, even adding Jalen Carter as long as Carter can stay out of jail. Um, I know he's got some impending lawsuits coming up. Um, but just adding those two pieces uh, on the line and in the secondary, I mean, this is – they've got all the pieces that they need. Nothing nothing really changed too bad in my opinion. I mean, they lost uh, they lost the linebacker to the Bears. Uh, that's going to hurt them. But I think that Nolan Smith is a great pickup uh, to fill that hole. So I think absolutely he's, he's going to be just fine as a coordinator in Philly. And Luke, like I said, we, we like to mention these hangovers. Maybe the hangover won't start right away because they have a pretty fairly good schedule through the first five weeks, but then it picks up. They play the Jets, the Dolphins, the Commanders, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Niners, the Cowboys again, the Seahawks, Giants, two out of the, three last, two out of the last three weeks, and the Cardinals. It's a pretty tough schedule 
following week five? Does that hangover start to hit week six? Yeah, I think they're going to drop a few of those games. I don't think they'll be as dominant as they were last season. Change out offensive offense coordinator, defense coordinator. Just it's going to throw the team off just a little bit. Uh, I I do like some of the moves they made with getting Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift at running back, but those guys are both somewhat injury prone. So if they stay healthy, I think this team is very scary on offense, and they also have the stack defense. I think I think they'll have the the Super Bowl hangover early this season. Maybe by week eight, they'll have everything fully like moving smoothly. But yeah, they're they're going to drop some probably games they shouldn't lose. So with that being said. does Jalen Hurts take a step backwards? I mean, I mean, he was a hell of a quarterback last year. Do you think he takes that step backwards and kind of they kind of regret paying him that much right away? Yeah, I think I think he's gonna go to a slight slump this this season. Uh, he'll be a t- one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL still, but I don't think he'll be as dominant as last season. Uh, he was just on another level last season. I don't think it's, he's gonna be able to maintain that level of play for another season after that. So, do we think though, boys, that? I know we keep saying hangover. I mean, you you said they're going to turn around. Can Philly be the powerhouse NFC they were last year? Can they still be the best team? On paper, they have one of the better rosters. I mean, they have a Georgia defense. I mean, literally the Bulldogs defense out there who's produced some studs the last few years. And they have one of the better offenses with A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, like you said, Rashad Penny, and DeAndre Swift, and Jalen Hurts. And one of the better lines, too. So can Philly be the best team, Doc? Absolutely. Top to bottom, this this roster is stacked. I think this roster is stacked even better um, that you know overall than the Cowboys. I think uh, I wanted to, I, I want to jump on the train with you as a hot take that uh, that Dallas does win the division, but I think I think Philly ekes it out by a win or two. Um, as long as Hertz can stay healthy, and we don't see another Carson Wentz situation. Um, but Jalen Hurts, yeah, I'd like to see I'd like to see more production in the arm. Uh, and kind of focus on passing the ball. You've got running backs, use them. Um, but, I, yeah, I think I think the Eagles are taking the division. Chris, what are your early expectations in June with the reigning NFC champions? They're definitely like, not being the Giants. Uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, <laughs> the Giants are going to win the division. So It's going to be head beat out Less there. than 10. Less than 10. Yeah, so is your over-under then? I'm, I mean, I have, them at, I have them at 12 and a half, so I guess you're going under, Chris, huh? Under. And Doc – Jesus Christ. I'm I'm over. I'm, I'm over. Luke, I'm gonna give him yeah. um, I'm gonna give him 13 14. Luke? Yeah, I th- I think I'm gonna take the under on this one too, but just barely. I think they get the, the 12 wins on the season. But I think I'm gonna pick the Cowboys to win the division. Yeah, I have under as well. With 12, I think it's gonna be them in Dallas. Dallas yeah. gets a tiebreaker. But like I said, this it's is close. June. This is my June. This is my June stuff. All our bowl predictions that we're gonna get for the season, that comes later on. Like what we fully write down. This is June 16th the day we're recording. I, yeah. This could change August 16th going in, into the season. So, yeah, right Roger now, Goodell's right, Roger Goodell's writing to the Cowboys into the script this season. So, so June, I'm writing this down. June 16th, Doc has Eagles. Me and Luke have Cowboys. And Chris How about them Cowboys? has Giants. And I'm staying Giants. And that, that will change next week. Well, when we do our full playoff stuff later on, like I said, that might change, Chris. You never know. Barkley might say he's done for the year. You know, Danny Dimes might tear his ACL. So things could change. All right, things can things can change. By and the speaking end of, the, of day, the Giants will have a higher score, and that's how you win games. <laughs> that's how you win games. It's the only way to win games. It is. Here's a guy that when he runs, he goes faster. It's true. He run when you go faster than you walk when you run. 
Exactly. Speaking of changes, though, boys, the 2024 SEC schedule had some big, big changes. And I want to start off saying I love the way the SEC made the Texas Longhorn schedule, and I love the way they made Oklahoma's schedule because they put that hammer down on Oklahoma. They're going to fuck them, dude. I think Oklahoma's only going to get five wins at the max in 2024. Chris, you're a fellow SEC boy like me now. God, it feels good saying that. Best conference in football? Fuck the ACC. Fuck the Big Ten. And, sorry, fuck the Big 12 because they're trash once we leave. Chris, what do you think about this early schedule? Hey, the SEC is where it matters. Okay? God bless. God bless. But, like you said, I mean, they fucked Alabama. They fucked Oklahoma. They have probably the two hardest schedules in the SEC. Bless up to Florida. Oh, yeah, Florida I mean, got – yeah, yeah, no, Florida got bad, yeah. Florida got way worse. Florida's out-of-conference is bad, too. No, you, you know who they I mean, Florida's out-of-conference is bad. But, I mean, Florida, Kentucky, A&M, I mean, yeah, you play Georgia, State, Tennessee, and then Texas. Who's schedule I mean, we'll is see. this Bama? Oh, no, who's this? No, that's Florida. Florida. That's Florida. Oh, yeah, dude, Florida's tough, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's not as tough as – Auburn, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, Tennessee. I mean, I, I do feel can... that Texas. Yeah. I do feel Texas got a big break. I really do. Yeah, and I, LSU definitely has maybe one of the easiest ones. Which bless up, God bless. Yeah, that's probably the only spot I think that the SEC can improve. Uh, talking about you know the SEC, everybody talking shit. The SEC is not the best conference, whatever. We all know it is, but uh, to really solidify that and drive it home, I think. Uh, one improvement can be made, get LSU out of there, and then that conference is, is unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. they do have one of the better championship teams, I think, in college history in 2019 with Big Dick Joe, the legendary Coach O. But, Luke, Joe SEC, SEC did some good things here, in my opinion. Do you think you like these schedules they made for these teams? Yeah, I, I think the SEC schedule for 2024 is a little more fair across the board. It, it kind of like bring, reels in Alabama and Georgia a little bit from taking these easy fucking schedules every season with the SEC. I mean, and Georgia finally got it. I mean, they, they do play Clemson. They, they play the, Alabama, too, in the regular yeah. season. They play at and Alabama, in, too. And first time in how long that's happened? It's been a little so. while, for sure. I mean, and they're yeah. at Alabama. so And going to, to their stadium, it's going to be rocking. Definitely going to be a night game. I mean, I'm not saying Texas is going to be good, but they got to go to Texas. They have to play at uh, Ole Miss, at Kentucky. They do have Tennessee and Auburn still on their schedule. They're out of conference schedule, Tennessee Tech and UMass, but Clemson and Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's not the same, but I don't know. Georgia might take a – but in the 2024 season, it's a 12-year, 12 12-team 12 playoff. So three losses can get you in the playoffs, I think, now uh, with that largest they have. They have six at largest. So two or three losses definitely can get you in there now if you're being a top-12 team. Doc, what was that face? I saw you look a little uh, shocked I said that. I don't know about that uh that three loss. I don't know about I don't know three losses getting you in. Well, I mean, we could just I don't know how I don't know who the, the 12 teams were last year, but I know two's going to get you there. Two could definitely get you there. I what do they what do they have to play off field to? It's it's three. Or I'm sorry, it's 12, but the top 6 conference winners get uh in and you have six at largest. The top 4 uh get a bye week. So, Notre Dame can't be any higher than any any higher than five, for example. So they're not in a conference. Right, they're so, not a conference. Yeah. So they can go twelve and zero, and they could be the five, and that's how they're going to go. Uh, yeah, and then with that, you have to 
your first your first round is the home teams or the best teams play at home. Correct, Chris? Yeah. See. Yeah. So so five will host. Like so, let's say Alabama's number five. The winner, the twelve seeds, have to go to Alabama. So it's pretty tough still. You have to go on the road rather than waiting for the bowl game till the second round. Yeah, I mean, it's going to depend on how the conferences shake out and uh, who the leaders. Who's the sixth conference for the for the playoffs? Well, it's, so it's, it's just top six, so it, it doesn't have to be all power five. It could be four power five, and then it, let's say the AAC somehow sneaks in. Higher so you're, talking the, like, you're talking like Jackson State could make, could make the playoffs yeah. and just get absolutely railroaded. If they're ranked higher than the yes, than the other the other conference winners, that's just that's how it, it comes. Oh out. yeah, it'll be, no, it'll be, be. A, 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 uh, American Athletic uh, Conference sneak in there like Tulane. Tulane's been solid the last few seasons, so and, and they're bringing the quarterback back. And, and but you never know, Boise State might make a you know another yeah. comeback, and Boy, then that conference yeah, could, could get too. in too. So, um, but they, there's definitely some that? realignment. There's some realignments coming because San Diego hey. State's talking about. Joining a conference, UCF's power uh, five now. Yeah, so UCF's going to run that conference. I'm a little, I'm a little shaky, yeah. Chris. That our last year in the Big Twelve. That man, I, I'm scared, man. I don't. I, want I, wish, got, I wish I would have got scheduled against Texas. Yeah, I mean we are two and Oklahoma on the schedule, but we don't have Texas. Yeah, we are two and lifetime against UCF tonight, so I wasn't really that worried. But I am worried <laughs> that we're not. Been a while. We're, we're also one and zero against Alabama, so. Yeah, that's why I say you're, that because you like to yeah, you really like to bring that up. Uh, so if it's been a while for us, it's been a while for well, you. I know it's been well, way longer for y'all. We're one and against Auburn. One or go one and against Florida. So that Auburn game you're was actually, a national championship, right? Yeah, yeah we that did. was a national. Yeah, yeah. that was a national probably, game. I'm looking at the top 25 last year. I think you do actually get in with three losses this year. I'm looking at the top 25, I think there's a good chance. Yeah, I mean, and you never know. It, it might not even just be that. It could be a three-loss conference winner gets in. That's the thing. Is like, let's say in the Big Ten, Ohio State or Michigan plays, you know, uh, fucking someone on the other side that's not that good, and let's say they actually upset them, and they have four or five losses, which can, can happen. They're in. And then Ohio State or Michigan, whoever, Penn State, they have to be in that large bid. So things like that, it can happen. I mean, those teams like the ACC that has a strong side, they could upset Clemson or Florida State or whoever is that that side of a winner, and there you go. But it's moving about, it's on, about time they're about time they're making the bowl games a little more entertaining in the playoffs for college football. Regular season is awesome for college football, but about time they're letting more teams get a, get a chance to play. Good, and I think twelve is the, the last. I think they should. Just I'm not a fan of it. DCS for me. I I, yeah. I don't like the four. I'm not a, no, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of it. I, I think like uh, it's too small. No, the eight. thing that I the thing that I loved about college football was that every fucking game mattered. You could lose one game and your season is over. Uh, especially the timing, losing that late game, that Georgia Alabama game at the end of the season, or that Alabama Auburn game rather at the end of the season. I mean, losing one game, you got to go out there and play with all the heart and everything that you got because that one game could cost you your entire right. season. And that is what I loved about college football over the fucking Giants. Uh, winning the division or the Cowboys winning the division at eight and uh, eight and eight or seven and nine. Yeah, but Who you also couldn't, won you the couldn't, Super Bowl too. You couldn't do yeah. that now because like the SEC is insanely difficult now with Alabama, Georgia, LSU. You got Texas and Oklahoma now playing all these teams. You're coming out of the SEC without with at least one loss. Oh no, I, I well, no, Georgia didn't, but you know, uh, no, I, I agree with you. I think uh, if anything, it should have just stayed at the four. I didn't like uh, increasing it to the twelve. I'm I, okay I think with eight, that. eight 
Yeah, good I, number. Yeah. I think. I'll no, it perfect. opens up. It opens up for teams. Look, you, you, Tulane's been playing well, but it opens it up for teams like Tulane to come in and get absolutely fucking shit on. Right, but then that's what's happen. going to happen. But then the but problem, Doc, the is, is that you're gonna. The problem, Doc, is that you're gonna get these teams in. If you go back to four, even the two man, the two man that was just the top two go in, they're not gonna schedule out of conference games that hard. And then we're gonna keep bitching about how oh they play a cupcake schedule. The reason why is because they want to make sure they get twelve wins in the regular season and then have a fucking conference title game. So it makes out of conference yeah. irrelevant. So that's stupid. I mean, it's money. So, that's bring just dumb. The, so bring straight the schedule into into your your bull bids. It, it is in the bull bids already, but that's what I'm saying. So then they need to start actually using that right. and stop. It's, it's allowing not a matter. Cupcake fucking out of conference. It's not a matter. Georgia's ranked number one last season. Then they all their out of conference cupcakes and they beat all their SEC teams. Georgia's gonna automatically which, be number one, which they're playing the just, easier side of the SEC. They deserve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they deserve it, but they're playing the the easiest side of the SEC compared to the West. Which oh, they also need to get rid of the they also need to get rid of the divisions in college football. But see, then there's the argument that they're that that's not going to matter. Rivalry week won't matter as much because you don't have that. Ohio no, because you can still keep the rivalry games. No, because before the it, divisions no, came into place, you still had rivalry games. Because the problem is that the top two teams go. So Michigan and Ohio State are both undefeated. One can literally take a rest week, let the other team beat the shit out of them, and they're both in the Big Ten title game the next week. And that just makes that rivalry week irrelevant. It literally, that's what's going to happen. If they're both 11 and 0 going there, one of them knows that they, they can lose and they're still going to be in that 11 and 1. And they're going to play each other the next week. And in yeah, the conference championship, but that's not, that's not so, the bowl game. But that makes rivalry week irrelevant. It makes those teams that play each other every single year with all the hate irrelevant if they know that, man, if we lose, we lose. I mean, if we're down 17. And our core has got a little nagging injury. Well, let's just sit them because we're just going to see them next week anyways. And it makes that game. I don't think it'll happen. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think it'll happen. There's too much, there's too much yeah. between the teams coming into rivalry week. That, that almost happened last season with uh, Michigan, didn't it? Michigan and Michigan State? You're talking about the rivalry week no. that was so so no, laid off that it, it had a huge brawl? No, Michigan and no, Ohio but, State. But that's just like – it's a thing like that. Like if Alabama and Auburn, if they're – if you wipe away, you, you cut that down in the middle and you take it out – which I'm fine for. I mean, I don't really give a shit because our rather week is in the middle of the year when we play at the fucking te- Texas State Fair. So, I mean, I I think if you do that though, it's going to cause that situation where people love rather week, and it's gonna it's gonna hurt that if teams know they're going to see make, each other. Then make rivalry week make rivalry week a a two to three week span earlier in the season so that teams can come out and play. I mean, because I know you got more than one school to your rival with, so so make it a couple weeks long. Well, they're, they're only doing one dedicated rival for the SEC. They are they're only doing one, yeah, which is dumb. I think they should do two at least, two rivals. But I don't you're still lose on that that Florida and LSU game. That game is fucking always heated. But you're still always playing. You're playing everybody in the SEC, which hasn't been happening. Which yeah, is the way it should be every conference. Start, start every other season, though. Every I mean, I conference should do that, though. At the end of the day, the playoff committee needs to figure something out to work to make at least the championship more competitive. I mean, we've had back-to-back fucking blowouts, and they have yeah. Look at the Ohio game. State and Clemson, thirty-three to nothing blank in the in the first uh, first round. Well, what was I that mean, three years ago? Twenty-one yeah. fucking Alabama, Ohio State, fifty-two twenty-four last year. Yeah, sixty-five to seven. I mean, I don't know about y'all, I, but I turned that game off after the half. I, I think. I think it's just teams getting hot. And like some some like the TCU, TCU went and fucking beat Michigan and 
fucking lay an egg when they play Georgia. So it's just teams, certain teams getting hot one week and fucking call the next. I mean, that was TCU's championship. Getting, it's not teams getting hot. It's fucking, fucking strength of schedule. Yeah, I mean, was... look at the teams TCU played. I mean, they played two ranked I mean, teams in their schedule. Kansas well, State, year, the... which were ranked 14, they lost in overtime, and then played Texas when Texas was ranked 25, and they won by a touchdown. Then they did. And they then, did beat Michigan, though. I mean, 51 to 45. So it was an offensive game. That's why they got was a fucking crazy game. Blown out by Georgia. I mean, I wouldn't Georgia's be that better. Was, Georgia's better. Georgia's blew everybody. Better from team. Like. But, hey, let's move on. Let's get off this college train a little bit. Let's talk a little NBA real quick. John Morant, boys, got suspended. First 25 games. They said he's about to miss about 50 million plus just in that the next year's um, when it comes to it. Did the NBA get it right? Doc, 25, is that enough or is that too harsh? No, absolutely not. Uh, dudes are getting suspended for drugs for 25 games. You're going to tell me that that guns are not worse than drugs. I mean, the guys flashing guns, uh, Gilbert Arenas, back when uh, him and I forget who else he was involved with, and they pulled guns on each other, arguing about gambling uh, in the locker room. Gilbert Arenas got like 60, 80 games, something like that. Um, the the other guy, I forget who it was now, he got like 38 games or something like that. I mean, it's I think it, it, the biggest thing for me is you gave a guy eight games. The 25 games is what it should have been the first time. The first offense, because what you are showing these kids is that it is cool to go around and wave guns in videos and do all this dumb shit. You know, the way that these kids idolize you and the impact that you have uh, and, and, you know, 25 games should have been the first one. This should have been, this should have been, I know I said before a half a year and I still stand by that, but um, th- this should have been, this should have been a year. You should have been out of the league for a year. Chris, you agree it, with it that? Was a, it, was a, it was it was a fake gun though, Doc. It was, yes, that's what I was gonna ask you. It was a fake gun, whatever they said. Oh, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what he says, but oh, like I Shannon Sharp like like Shannon Sharp says, you, you think these guys <laughs> are going to score gun. But like Shannon Sharp says, you but guys either way, you got, it doesn't change the fact of what the image is and the kids are still looking at it. They're not looking at, oh, let me go buy a squirt gun now. They're looking like they're gonna think it's cool carrying a fucking gun to school. I agree with Shannon Sharp. There's no way that Anybody's listening to NBA young thung boy or young boy, whatever his name is, and they're carrying around a fake gun. I, I'm just saying that's not what people are probably doing that are grown men. Grown men aren't probably carrying no, around he's fake not. guns. He's uh, not. That, that shit was real. So, that's but, it. That's, it, who, who said it was fake, Ja? Yeah, Ja's <laughs> agent. His agent. Yeah, yeah, agent. <laughs> yeah I, agent. I'd say this. Uh, that that wasn't weed uh, that my client was smoking. That was oregano. Um, oregano. Yeah, he was not doing drugs. I know you saw the needle go into his arm. Uh, that was just a it's, saline it's solution. Well, yeah, it was a saline in. solution. Uh, he, he was just had He had a beer for the first time in years. Uh, so, you know, he was feeling it, uh, feeling rough the next morning. Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. That wasn't a fake gun. It should have hey. been a season. Yeah, I mean – I, the NBA Player Association, they're going to fight back on it. They said this is the no players ever been suspended like this when it comes to this offense. So we're going to see. That's what the NBA Player Association said. Players Association said. So well, it's definitely going to be a thing. battle. When it came down, was he was he breaking laws? So to me, in most states, you can't be having a gun and a car. You know that's not in the glove department. You can't just be carrying around. You know, flashing it, playing with it. Because that's usually, but I know most state laws. That's, so that's, that's what I'm saying. If you're breaking laws, there, there's there's nothing to go. Because that was the biggest thing that drove uh, Gilbert Arenas' suspension was having the unloaded firearm breaking DC laws. Like 
Throw the hammer. Twenty five was nothing. Twenty five is a joke. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what state that was that he was videoing that in. So it depends on the state laws there for the gun laws. But yeah, I think sure. either way, I, I think he should have got like at least a year, if not indefinite suspension, had to reapply to come back in, and prove himself to come back to the NBA. Because like this is not his first offense being suspended. Yep, so it's, it's, not it's just gonna be. He just gets slapped on the wrist. Yeah. Yep. You, you got ate the first one, and then you turned around and, and said "fuck you," and then did it again, anyways, and slapped yeah. the league right in the face. Like, well, this is third. Yeah, so this is third. Slap on the wrist this time. Then yep. this time, just slapped a little bit harder. Then he's gonna come back and play for the rest of the season. Do it again. So I think it should be an indefinite suspension where he has to reapply to come back to the NBA. And Chris, moving on with the NBA, we're still we still got this NBA train rolling though. It's the off season. Arguably yes, the goat. Arguably the goat, Michael Jordan. Watcher. Probably also arguably the worst owner in the NBA's history. Sold his team for a little less than two billion dollars. That's if I'm not mistaken. Bought it for two hundred million. So he made a nine hundred million dollar profit from the time he bought it to the time he sold it. Big for Michael Jordan, would you say? Yeah, I mean it's huge, and you hit it on the nail. I mean a goat player, but a horrible owner. I mean, to own it for, what, 10-plus years and not do anything with it. And you know these kids want to come out of college and play under Michael Jordan. Like, who won it? So not to be able to do anything within those years is just sad. But, I mean, great financially for him. I mean, almost, what, fucking tripled his money? Quadrupled it? Yeah, quadrupled it. Actually, five times. So, I mean, great, great financially. Doc, was this a money grab the whole time? Did Michael know that what he was doing from the time he bought it to the time, you know, down the line he was going to sell it? Uh, no, I think uh, his influence in the front office in Chicago uh, and his disagreements with Jerry Reinsdorf, uh, as the owner of the Bulls, I think that he he felt like he could make a difference and he wanted to take his shot. I mean, you know, he, he's a multiple venture guy. You know that he got into the baseball thing, you know. He gave that a shot. I think this was something for him to give it a shot. And I think, uh, I think, you know, he just realized, hey, this this ain't this ain't where I'm where I'm good at. I mean, yeah. he lost a close friend as well because of this. He did. Him, him and Charles Barkley broke it off because of this fucking move. Was that the reason why yep. their friendship ended? Yeah, because Charles Barkley criticized him about the whole. Oh yeah, and Jordan. Because I forgot Michael can't. Yeah, I forgot Michael can't handle criticisms. God forbid someone fucking's harsh on you a little bit. You got to end a friendship rather than just let the friend tell you how it truly is. So, Chris, don't ever criticize me because you do it. Or, fuck it, we're done, dude. No, I mean, friends should support friends. You should support them, but you should also be able to handle criticism, too. From a friend. Luke, Luke, your fucking elevating death sucks. It's too loud. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Well, you say say, say that for the goodbye. Say that for the goodbye. Wait, say that. But Luke, 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 Luke. We're coming back down. Speaking (laughs) of owners, LeBron's been been talked about as an owner, but this isn't where we're going with this. Is the LeBron... Nuggets, a new rivalry, because it seems like the coach, Mike Malone, went on Pat Maffey's show, and he said, oh, like, pretending I'm retiring to get at LeBron, saying this is more, more important than us winning. And then the owner called out the Lakers, saying that Mike Malone is now the Los Angeles Lakers' daddy, as they also beat them in the 2020 you know, Western Conference Finals. Is this old? Are they just poking at LeBron to get more attention? Because LeBron clapped back. Yeah, I, I think this is him trying to get like, some attention, just – Throwing LeBron's name and something, so and they just want to get that that little highlight on ESPN saying, 
oh, they're coming at LeBron, make a new rivalry. When I think LeBron just doesn't really give a fuck too much. He just he just responded to this this one thing they said. Yeah, I mean he, he nobody said, should I, give a fuck. He's got what another year left, maybe tops if he doesn't retire. No, then he's well, done. He's about to go buy no, the fucking Hornets. No, he's he's gonna take a year off and go play with Bronny. Maybe somewhere. he'll buy the Albany Empire. You may never know. Uh, they're not they're, they're not in the league anymore. They're, they're oh, not shit. a team anymore. <laughs> they got kicked out. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think it's annoying. I, I, I mean, good for you, the Denver Nuggets. Like I said, cool that yeah, y'all won. Some yeah, it's just like, I get it. Headline LeBron draft. did what he did, maybe to get him out of that, he got swept. But you have to soup to his level and call him out. No offense to you, Denver Nuggets. LeBron's been better than you, your whole fucking franchise, in his one career. So I'd say, you know, back off that. The same thing with the Los Angeles Lakers. You, you're going to call up the, uh, you know, all-time dynasty along like the Boston Celtics, teams like that. Chris, I think it's just a bad look for a team that won the NBA Finals. Yeah, I mean, you're already in the spotlight. Fucking enjoy it. You don't need to be calling out somebody you you stomped in the court. Yeah, one time when they stomped you a couple years before that. So, like, yeah. I it's, just it's don't get like it. LeBron played bad. LeBron was putting up 40 points a game. Like, come on. Like, what do you want the man to do? Doc, I know you love it. You, you like to bash LeBron, even though we know you're a closet King James fan. So... That you were I happy to see, see a couple that, huh? jerseys in the background. Nope, you definitely don't. Um, I I think that this was just you won the championship. This is a ridiculous move. You're you're bringing up shit for nothing. There there is no rivalry to create. Like, move on. Shut yeah. your mouth. Play Speaking of moving on, our last headline moving before we have to go. On. <laughs> Coach Primetime. He, you know, I, I didn't realize it when he had that foot injury. He lost two toes. Chris, mm-hmm. he might lose the whole foot. Are you are you praying for Deion Sanders out there in Colorado? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if y'all watched the little documentary of him on Jackson State with um on Amazon Prime, I believe, but he went into depth about his whole like leg injury and all that and it didn't look too hot. I mean, I think he's about to pimp out his fucking golf cart and have that shit on the sideline. Yo, that'd be awesome. Looking forward to that. I mean, he had that walker like, you know, that little thing. Luke, you excited to see uh maybe Deion on the sideline with a golf cart? All right, he's got his golf cart in practice already down in Colorado, so he's been riding around getting it on the thing. But he's it makes sense. that bitch. Yeah, it's a. It what was his leg injury? That. I don't even remember that. It's fucking diabetes. Oh no! Is it really diabetes? Really oh no! <laughs> I'll look it up. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I looked uh, up. It said uh, something about blood flow, but I don't know what the original yeah America, diagnosis it, or injury was. Yeah, it was, it was what, I, about a year ago or two years ago. He lost a couple toes. That's why he yeah. limps around everywhere. Like it was just today they put out that he has to like maybe lose his foot and possibly his leg eventually. I want to say it was something due to like all the injuries he got in the league, if I'm not mistaken. And it's finally just yeah, I mean, up I, with him. I just never paid attention to the story. Like I said, I remember one time looking at like you know ESPN or whatever, and he's on like that walker with his foot all like casted up and I. I was like, damn, what happened to Prime? And I just actually never looked into it. I thought it was something like just a freak accident, like he slipped and broke his ankle or whatever. But, yeah, I, hopefully he doesn't have to lose his foot. I mean, if he does, hopefully, you know, it works out the best. Maybe he can get like a fake leg or a fake foot and it, just, it works out for him. It just says about – it just says results yeah, of blood clots. Blood clots, yeah. Diabetes. It's a deadly disease. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a deadly disease. Diabetes can get the best of you. Uh, but ho- hopefully he's and all right. I mean, no. And on that note, boys, I do want to say something sincere from me. 
the host of the All About the Boss podcast. Doc and Chris, I want to say happy Father's Day as the show will be whoa, hopefully whoa, produced whoa, on whoa, Father's whoa, whoa, whoa. Day. Whoa. Same to you, Big Mark. Happy, I'll get happy to... Father's Day to Luke as well. I was going to yeah, get to Luke last. Doc Dad over here. Come on. Yeah. Luke, happy Father's so, Day to you as well. Yeah, sorry I'm not pumping out babies like you guys. Not yet. You should. You're going to get no, there one day. Yes. Hey, hey, <laughs> no, I'm hey, not. <laughs> Hey, with that leave now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, it's worth it. <laughs> that leave ain't worth it. No, the leave but is worth it. Trust me. Sincerely, though, boys, Chris, I love Leave's seeing not worth you. Eighteen years. Chris, love seeing what you're doing with your family, man. You're a great dad, Doc. Great to see what you're doing with the family too, boys. Happy early Father's Day. Hope you guys have it. It's your day. Enjoy it. Make the mothers do. Make the mothers do the work for one day. It's the only mm. day you guys get besides mm. your birthday. So you get two days a year. You better enjoy it while it lasts. You get 24 hours, and that's mm. it. Hey, we're playing COD all day, all day, all day. Actually, I'm, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be home for it. And I'm, I'm getting a pedicure. I'm I'm getting a pedicure that day. Yeah, with who? I'll get a pedicure, boys. I got myself, dude. With who? I'm taking care of my feet. I went to the mall today. Took my daughter there. I saw thirty-two dollar pedicure. Got to get it because I'm getting a massage in a couple weeks, and I don't want to have some crusty feet getting my massage. You're my gonna, feet rubbed. So drink. you're gonna get that little the little fucking margarita they give you. Hey, whatever they, they want to fucking give me. Hey, whatever they give me, I might bring my own. Hey, hey, I might bring my own alcohol. Christian, look, you know about that. I, I, bring, I can bring mimosas around wherever I go and buy yeah. new phones Mark, and shit. So, Mark, Mark's hey, got to go one of fucking rubber tugs over there. Mm. Me and Luke, me and Luke <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> hey, ain't doing all that you now. You better have a rubber tug. I learned from me Deshaun and Watson <laughs> and Brian, uh, Bill Bill, yeah. or I'm sorry, Robert Kraft, not to be doing that stuff. And and Conor McGregor. Yes. Ooh. And that's. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about this Connor in the next episode. Yeah, let's talk about we Connor in the next episode. Yeah. Because that, that might take a few minutes. Let's let it develop a little bit. Let's let it develop a little bit. This is yeah, very fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a little fresh. Uh, like I said, this is going to affect Dana White and, you know, Ultimate Fighter. So, yeah. I definitely um, experience a rub and tug, though. <laughs> I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> um, but I'm going to get my feet done first. I got to get my, my pedicure at the mall. Uh, let, 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 let the gals do it, you know. No, I love it. pedicures are nice to do. Yeah, it's good. It's good to have a pedicure. It's good for your feet. But you know what's good for us boys? All about the boss podcast. Luke, that's a great Love fucking that. office you got there, my friend. It's a fucking great desk you got. With that being said, that is the drifting Luke rule. It's slowly going away. That is the legendary dad and father of the year, Chris Kameinhart. That is the wonderful, always colorful, animated Nick the Docs Kirkwins. I'm your host, Mark Davis. And we are always in the sack house. And we are out. Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Balls podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the sack house. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the sack house.